0: Hello, amazing parents and caretakers. And welcome to the Pumped Up Parenting Podcast. I'm your family empowerment coach, Celia Kibler. I'm a mom of a blended family of five kids. I'm a grandma of nine kids, an author, a teacher, a speaker, and a consultant with over 40 years of training and real-life parenting experience. I'm here to offer you practical, doable tips, strategies, and techniques that will pump up your parenting skills and create peace love and laughter throughout your family. In addition, I'll be interviewing some great humans that are on a mission to make your life a better, happier, and healthier life. So let's not waste any time and get started with the next episode of the Pumped Up Parenting Podcast. Thanks for listening. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Pumped Up Parenting Podcast. I am thrilled to have my guest today because we're talking about something that so many people don't talk about. And not only do they not talk about it, they're ashamed of it. Mm -hmm. And frankly, it's something that needs to be talked about so people realize this is a thing, you're not the only one with it, and people are living wonderful lives in spite of it. So I bring to you today, Alexandra Harbushka, and she is the founder of lifewithherpes.com. I'm thrilled to have you here, Alexandra, and I can't wait for our conversation. Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I definitely jumped the gun while you were doing the introductions and was agreeing, and I'm (laughs) I'm excited. I'm thrilled. We were talking about before, we need to come up with better adjectives, but- that yeah, works. I know. <laughs> I'm excited. I know um, it's good. Especially especially to be talking about, you know, parenting. Um, I have a three-year-old, so you know, I'm not a new mommy, but I'm not a seasoned decades seasoned mommy. Decades like me. I'm seasoned right. decades. <laughs> right. So it's gonna be I'm excited to bring in that other portion of it, but Yes, so I'm talking about herpes. It's always a topic whenever people hear it, they kind of step back or their their shoulders go up or they tense up because the word herpes has been so stigmatized. It has been absolutely. I like to use the example it's the scum on a porta potty. I mean, it's that bad. You know, right. people would rather fall in a porta potty than get herpes. And the strange thing is, is the majority of the population is actually living with herpes, yet we don't know it, or um, we call it something else, or we're just not familiar with it. My story is, was, um, you know, I was in my late 20s. I was dating someone and he didn't know he had herpes. So of course we had the conversation about, hey, anything, you know, the conversation about, sexual health. And we had that conversation and, and he's like, I just got tested. Of course I'm good. Okay, great. And unfortunately when we request an STD or STI test, herpes is not included in that test. Hmm. So we may be responsible, sexually active adults. We may think we're doing this the right way. And, um, we are, but it's not included. So in my particular situation, my partner, didn't, wasn't tested for it. So he didn't know. And he was asymptomatic. What that means is, is you have no symptoms. You don't have outbreaks. There's no signs. There's no symptoms. You, you don't know you have it. And the, the strange thing is, is the majority of people living with herpes are asymptomatic. So maybe they had an outbreak once, twice, and that's it. And But you can still transmit it unknowingly. So that was kind of, that was my situation. I was, like I said, I was 28 years old. Um, I was devastated, absolutely devastated on so many levels because I thought, okay, well now I have to stay with this guy like this. Okay. That just put the nail in the coffin. You know, I, I wasn't, you know, you're dating. I didn't know. And, and, well, I didn't know, I did know that he wasn't the one for me. And I thought, oh my gosh, now I have to stay with him. So you go through that. You go, you're embarrassed, you're angry, you're resentful. Um, and I just think it it the best way to describe it is suffocated for me. I just felt so suffocated that I I wasn't anything that I had desired, you know, you you go to you go to school, you go to college, you you try and do these things to improve your life, to advance your life to get to where you want to go. And I just thought to myself, why did I even try? Why did I try to do these things? Because now I'm just going to be an old maid. So why?
0: Yeah, because that's your thought. Nobody's going to want to be with me. I can't be. I'm assuming you felt like I can't be with anyone now. Correct. You know, absolutely. And, and, and one thing that I really liked of what you said was that you two actually talked about mm-hmm. um sexual safety, which mm-hmm. is good, which a lot of people don't right you know and And it's good for you all to teach your children to do that, have that conversation,
1: yes, it's it's so it is so interesting to me as parents. We teach our children everything. And, and, you know, how to go to the bathroom, how do you wipe, how do you shower? How do you, how do you put a dish in the dishwasher? How do you eat? How do you cut up whatever, it is, whatever we teach them everything, 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 everything. But what we don't teach them is one of the most important things and is sexual health. Right. Yep. And because it's weird or I don't want to, Oh, I don't want to go there. And that's weird. And, and, and that's one of the most important things we can teach that creates life. Right that, right, that is something that creates life. Nothing else in this world creates life
0: exactly, nothing,
1: not even the at- atomic bomb like it that th- there's there's so much energy in it in anyways, we don't teach that, and we just think, right. oh, just use a condom, and you'll be fine, or don't talk about it, and he or she will pick it up along the way right and and or it's don't have sex, and that's it. Just don't have it. don't have it. Right. Then then you don't you're married. have to worry about it. And, you know, I, I, I so often
0: will tell parents, remember that what you don't teach your children, they will learn from Google or another device. What do you want to teach them? Do you want them to have your values, your knowledge, or do you want some random human who knows who they are teaching them what they should be taught when they're at home? Right, right. And it may be difficult, but you, you need to even, you know, just let them ask questions, be willing to answer and get help if you're not sure how to do it. And if right. you have a partner, I always recommend practice the conversation between each other. If you feel awkward, practice, right, right. You know, before you
1: go to your child. Right. Or if you feel that you're, you just can't have it. Then find someone that you trust to have it.
0: Absolutely, because
1: it needs to happen. And and on that note, I this was it was a great program that my high school did. Um, they they were really big into community service, and so we all had to pick a community service area to go into. And Planned Parenthood actually partnered with my high school, and they picked a handful of us to teach sex ed to the other high schools in San Diego County. Cool. So I was trained by Planned Parenthood and went to other high school, again, went into the classroom. So I was a peer, I was the same age. I was 16, teaching 16-year-olds. Obviously I was being oversee, over, you know, I had somebody that would, it wasn't, yeah. But um, that's great because you you think, oh yeah, my teachers, that's weird. Like, ew, my, my you know, and it was great because I was a 16-year-old having the conversation with other 16-year-olds. With that being said, I knew everything that there was to know about STIs. I was not ignorant to it. Right. Um. I knew, and I still got it. And that's part of it. I still believed in the stigma that, well, it's not going to happen to me because I'm never going to date anybody that would have it because I had this idea of what somebody would look like. So again, even though we have education around it, which most people do not, we still get caught in this. Well, it's never going to happen to me.
0: Right. Right. And and a lot of people, I've heard people say to me, well, we don't need to use protection because we're in a relationship. Right, right, right. Like we're in, and and I'm like, and and what does that mean? You're in a relationship. Does that mean that as long as you're in a relationship, there is no sexually transmitted diseases allowed? They're not allowed. You know? Right, right. You just, you have to be smart. You have to be smarter than what you're messing with. And you have to be willing to take the time to protect yourself and protect right. people around you. But even when you do your best, right. like you guys did, right, things happen. So can things you happen. talk a little bit? And once again, we're talking to Alexandra Harbushka and she is available for contact at lifewithherpes.com. I want to make sure you yes. have that, that you. Um, website so you can reach out to her. Can you share with us a little about what happened once you found out, once you found out, how did you feel and, and what got you to realize that this was not the end of your life?
1: Well, um, I went into what I now call my Eeyore phase. We know Eeyore and Winnie the Pooh. He has the rain cloud over him. He, he just ho-hums along. He, you know, it's life is hard. And I was in my Eeyore phase for two years. You know, the, I was I was physically present, but I wasn't emotionally present. Um, if you look at pictures of me, I didn't have like the pink. I didn't have color. I didn't – I was just dead, basically. I was there. I was just showing up and going through the motions. And um, I stayed with him because, again, I truly believed that no one would love me. And I thought, well, Mom, he's not that bad, right? might as well stay with this one. And, and even though I was so mad and so resentful and just, I couldn't get over the, I I couldn't get over it. So that was never going to work either um, for, for a relationship, but yeah, so I was angry. I was just angry, 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 angry. And I realized I was turning 30 and I thought, okay, I don't want to go into a new decade with this. I don't want to go. I don't, I don't want to marry him. I don't want to stay with him. So I have to change me in order to, I can't change people. I have to change myself and I have to make those changes. And so little by little by little, I would pick up self-help books. I had CDs because this was, I had a CD player in my car. (laughs) Yeah. At the time, 2011. Um, And little by little by little, I started just learning about forgiveness and anger and resentment and learning about how that works and, and, and starting. And so one of the things that I did, and it may sound really silly, but it worked for me was I pretended that I was a Care Bear and, you know, Care Bears have their, you know, they have the rainbow or they have the heart or they have the shamrock or whatever they have. And so I thought, okay, I'm giving off anger. I'm giving off resentment. I'm giving off all these these things, and that's not what I want, because if I, for, according to Newton's third law, for every action, there's an opposite and equal reaction. So if I'm an angry Care Bear, I'm gonna get angry men, or I'm gonna date angry people.
0: You know, I get it. Life gets hard, things get chaotic, kids can get out of hand, and you start yelling. And I know you feel bad about it what if I told you that in 21 days yes 21 days you could stop yelling how because I have a new program out 21 days to stop yelling at your kids and you will get an email every day for 21 days with instructions of a system that you can put into place so you become a proactive parent and stop being a reactive parent. Are you ready for that? Can you imagine life in just 21 days? What if you don't do it? What will life be in 21 days? A lot of the same or even worse. So go to quityelling.com, quityelling.com and get it at an introductory price super low, super affordable, so that you can finally stop yelling at your kids and realize how cooperative your kids can be and how much listening and smiles can go on day after day. Go to quityelling.com. Now back to our podcast.
1: So I thought, okay, I have to change that. So I'm gonna be the heart care bear. I'm gonna be love. And so I projected love to everybody I came in contact with. This is not lust. This is not I love you to the end of the earth. I genuinely gave them just some sort of like, I hope, you know, I hope you have like love in your life, kindness and compassion.
0: <laughs> yeah, right.
1: right. And I did that to everybody, the mailman, the barista at Starbucks, whatever and slowly but surely i began to fill myself up with love and so doing that i it sounds silly but it it worked i began and so little by little by little by little that's
0: and and did. it's not silly at all you you mm-hmm. took control of your mindset mm-hmm. and and you did what you needed to do and often that is the way you know often people mm-hmm. when they get so irritated at themselves because of course no one judges us, like we do, you know, we're our worst judge judges. Often, if you stop when you're feeling, you know, down on yourself, and you're calling yourself names, which don't do that, don't call yourself names. If you stop, and you imagine like you were the care bear, but if you imagine whatever you're thinking about, or whatever you're feeling badly about, Mm -hmm. imagine that is your best friend experiencing that. And what are you going to tell them? Because you right. will never tell your best friend what you're, you know, no. yelling at yourself about. You're just right. not going to do that. So every time you feel that, stop, and go. Okay, this is my best friend's issue. How can I help my best friend? And if you do that, right. you will also heal that inner critic that you know right. is so hard on us.
1: Right. So, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Another good way that. I also picked up during this was what do you tell yourself when you're stuck in traffic and late to an appointment? Are you hard on yourself? What do you tell? Are you like, or is it like, okay, you know what? There's nothing I can do about this. What am I? I can't, I can't, you know? And so when you start realizing those two things too, wow, that's a huge click in your brain. Yeah.
0: Know what you can control,
1: you know, even, uh, you know, something like herpes.
0: Okay. Well now I have it. I can either spend my life miserable or I can learn about it and see how I live with it because I now live with it. It's now my buddy and here we are. So how did you learn to live with it and what did you discover?
1: Little by little by little, I just, well, again, this is 2011, 12. So Google at the time. To Google herpes, it was WebMD, it was Planned Parenthood, and I think the CDC. So it was very sterile, um, it was very statistical, and not um, comforting. <laughs> and so uh, I felt very alone. Like, I can't talk to anybody about this. It was just like a, a pamphlet that you pick up at the at the your doctor's office, and it was just it it, it actually made me feel worse. Um, and it, 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 described, um, it described like when I, I can't remember which, which one it was, but it was people that get herpes, live promiscuous lifestyles, have a high school diploma or less, um, are of a low socioeconomic background. And it was a certain, certain race. And I was like, okay, well, I'm none of these. judgment
0: and criticism. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yeah. I was like, well, I'm none of these. So how did I get it? Again, it back, it felt fed my stigma. Well, I'm not that. So I was never going to get it. Right. And so, um, again, that it was very stigmatizing in in that, at least for me. So I just kind of sat quiet about it. I really didn't, I just tried to educate myself as much as I could. And then in 2017, I was at a podcast conference where I had a different, different podcast and I was asked to speak and my, husband, then boyfriend said, I think you should speak on having herpes. And I was like, what? There's no way I'm going to get on stage in front of people and tell them I have herpes. Absolutely not. And he said, but that's who you are. And that's who you want to help. And you will be helping people. It was all, it was part of my whole speech, but you know, you will help people in this situation. So I did. And when I did that, I realized Yes, I helped people. People came out of the woodwork at the conference and were like, I have it too, or I don't have herpes, but I have my own story or my own trauma that, that your story inspired me. I need to address my issue, you know, and I realized there was no platform out there for supporting herpes. There was nothing out there at the time Hmm. whatsoever. And so it was in 2017, I launched life with herpes. It was terrifying but I have talked about I'm glad you did. Yes. (laughs) Yes. So it was my goal just to make it something that it was life. It it was colorful. It wasn't, you know, black and white. It wasn't, or like the little, little blue font on a, on a pamphlet, you know, it was, it was life. This is life and let's educate and let's talk about um, statistics. Let's talk about facts and let's just talk about life. How does it actually live? How do you live life? So let me
0: ask you, because
1: let, let's let address these
0: things that people are led to believe. Because, of course, mm-hmm. thank goodness you're here. People don't, you know, they just hear what they hear. And like right. what you had read years ago, this right. whole judgment criticism thing. And you feel like, well, I'm like a scumbag because here here I have herpes. And you think you can't have sex anymore. You can't bear mm-hmm. children. You can't. Mm-hmm. You know no one's going to want want you you are now like in the gutter you know how could i possibly be attracted attractive to anyone i have this horrible stigma Mm -hmm. so let's tell the truth those are all wrong Mm -hmm. because here you are and you are married Mm -hmm. to not the same guy a new guy he, did, he does love you. You yes. do have sex and you yes. have babies. So yes. all these things that people think you can't, you can't, you can't are just right. simply not true.
1: Exactly. So can you talk
0: on that a little bit, please?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. One of the, and one of the things is you think, well, okay, I'm going to have to have, go through IVF. Like people, cause I went through IVF and people ask me, well, did you go through it? Cause you have herpes. I'm like, no, it had nothing to do with that. You know? Um, or people think like, they'll ask me, well, how do you get pregnant? I'm like, you have sex, like you <laughs> <laughs> think, like, but you have to take off the condom. And I'm like, if you want to have a child with this person, herpes is the least of your issues, period. The end, like, it's not an issue at all. It should not be an issue. Um, yeah, so. Back to the stigma or back to kind of how herpes navigates, it's it's very, very interesting because there's two types of herpes. There's HSV. Well, there's actually hundreds of types, but the one that we're specifically going to talk about, there's two types. There's HSV-1 and HSV-2. Uh, um, we think of HSV-1 most mostly as oral herpes and HSV-2 mostly as genital herpes. However, that's not really the case. Um... HSV one is just as predominant genitally as it is orally. And HSV two is now showing up in oral herpes as well. So it's not as common to have oral HSV two, but it is, it is happening. So the virus goes back and forth. So wherever you have herpes, so let's say you get quote unquote cold sores, And you think, well, oh man, I would never date anybody with herpes because that's no, I would, I don't want that down there. Well, the ironic thing is, is you actually have it. And if you're doing things with your mouth, with your partner, you can actually transmit it to your partner and give your partner genital herpes. So it's something that's, that people don't, don't realize. um, And And most people don't even ever get tested for and don't even know they have it. Or they go, yeah, I used to get that in the sixth grade, but I haven't had it since. And then all of a sudden you're, you're married and you have a couple kids and you're super stressed out. And one of mom or dad or whoever is like, oh my gosh, I got this down there. Where did it come from? We've been monogamous for the last 15 years. Right. I'm like, well, one of you had oral herpes and transmitted it down there. So um, yeah, so herpes is so, so, so common. Two out of three people have HSV-1 and one out of six have HSV-2. Hmm. And that's just people that are tested. Um, statist- I mean, just out of people that are tested, 80% of the population has herpes.
0: And, and, and I know you're listening right now and you're thinking, I thought I was the only one.
1: Right, I was the only one. Or wait, do I have it? And I, I don't want to <laughs> scare people it's, it's, the thing is, is we think it's, it's doomsday. We think it's, oh my gosh, I'm going to be covered in, in bumps my entire life, or I'm never going to be able to feel sexy or have, um, I don't know. So how do they people phrase it? I can't think of how they phrase it. was, it just normal sex. I can't, I can't remember how they phrase it, but oh, spontaneous. That was spontaneous. how I get that question a lot. Can I have spont And I'm like, of course it's, normal it's just like in any relationship there's days you feel like it and days you don't there's days you have a cold and you're like i don't want to like that's not happening i don't feel well or whatever it's 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 just it's 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 not this i can never have sex ever again in my life it there there's times in a relationship or a day you just like i don't feel like it or your partner doesn't feel like it or whatever the long day you're
0: tired can't we just sleep
1: (laughs) right right so th- that's it. And, and a lot of people ask me, how did you tell your husband? And when I started dating my husband, herpes was the least, it was like, not even an, a, there was a conversation of course, but it was like, oh, okay, well let's go on to the next topic we have to cover. You know, it, it, it wasn't a big deal. It, if, if if it it's, if it's a big deal, there's, there's probably something else going on. Like maybe it's just that relationship. Her people are so terrified to disclose. And I'm like, you're just teeing it up. And it's a really easy, it's a really easy rejection. And if that person is not into you, he or she will reject you for it, period, the end. Does it hurt? Yes. Does it absolutely. But when the bottom line
0: is in reality, that's not what you're being rejected for.
1: That's not why you're being rejected. They don't like you for some other reason. There's some other
0: reason that relationship's not working out. Right. And this is a great excuse.
1: Right. Huge. Yeah, easy. So easy. then like,
0: tell us about um your son. Mm-hmm.
1: I love my little boy. I know. One um, of the best. We were babies. Oh my gosh, I know. I <laughs> he just he crawled in bed with me this morning and it was like, oh, it's Ugh, the best. Life is Um so the best little cuddles. <laughs> yes. Um, so my my little boy. Um, does not have herpes. People ask me all the time, you know, do you kiss your child? Yes. Um, did you have a vaginal delivery? Yes. And, and I'm not a doctor. I I can't speak for every single person. I've definitely, I definitely understand both sides of it. Um, according to my OBGYN, he said, if you do not have an outbreak, if you're on the antiviral, the time of your delivery, and you don't feel like you have an outbreak, then we can have a vaginal delivery, and you have a less than one percent chance of transmitting it to your child. So for me, I was like, that's that's good enough. You that's know, there's a lot of other right? other risks that can happen in a delivery. That's one I'm willing to take. Um, what we don't, what we sometimes forget about, or people are so concerned about that delivery and in the herpes, we don't we forget that oral herpes is so common. And you have grandma or grandpa or auntie or cousin or whoever that comes and wants to hold the baby, kiss the baby, whatever, and that could be transmitted just the same way. Right then and there, right, right then and there, and we don't realize we're so paranoid about the delivery, the delivery, the delivery. And I'm like, that's really that's that's a couple out an hour, two hours that they're in the birth canal, maybe, um, that's it. And and so, um. The rest is oral herpes. Now for me, do I kiss my son on the lips? No. Do I kiss my child? I do. Do I have oral herpes as well? Um, And I personally feel that there's much more harm in not kissing my son, in not holding and cuddling and doing those things that mothers do. I personally feel there's more harm in that than potentially giving him herpes.
0: That's like major psychological harm, long exactly. lasting. They've even proven the first three months of a baby's life. Yes. If they are missing the nurturing, compassionate, loving part of life, like children that are raised in orphanages or things like mm-hmm. that, it is permanently detrimental to their brain function. Like it Absolutely. permanently damages. Yeah, Absolutely. I definitely agree. Do yeah. not avoid hugging and kissing your child.
1: No. I mean, do you want to do it with an outbreak? No, of course not. But your child is going to go out into this world. And I like, I look at my, I have a picture on my desk. I look at my little boy and there's seven people that are in his life daily. You know, like out of the seven, five of us have oral herpes. So I'm not the only one. And he can accidentally pick up someone's drink. Some He can accidentally touch their mouth when they have a cold sore um all these things that we we put oh my gosh i'm the one i'm the sinner i'm the bad one i i have the the mortal the 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 this horrible thing going on and oh i don't deserve to be a parent or i don't deserve to be loved I'm like no everybody has this you're right. just putting yourself in this position to feel like you're not enough so i look at it as my little boy goes out into the world his teacher can have it his whoever can have it. And he's going to be kissed by people that have it. And I can't prevent the transmission.
0: Right. You can't prevent every person he walks in contact with. Right. Nor do you want him to. The no. other aspect is setting him up to be a fearful human. Right. Do you right. want him want to be afraid? It's like when I talk about stranger danger, and I, I do not like that term because it makes implies that every st- stranger is dangerous which mm-hmm. is not so because most of the people your children learn meet along the way are, are strangers and are and good people they meet them and get to know them and so saying that every stranger is dangerous sets your child up for being fearful their entire life and not being that. friendly and not being kind and you know so i definitely agree with all that Um, and it's really important to once again, be educated, you know, the, the cause and the root of so much fear is lack of education. Absolutely. So much prejudice, so much judgment, criticism, all that stuff that I work to solve with my day of calm foundation, lack of education. So educate yourself. And in this day and age, You can educate yourself all over the place. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's not like when you started or it's not like even when I was a kid before the internet was even around. Right. (laughs) I mean, I was out of college and having children before the internet was around. I know it's hard to believe that there was a time when that wasn't. Right. We have books. Books. Can you imagine books? Like encyclopedias. We have books. Anyway. You know, you get, there's so much access to information. And then if right. it's specific to herpes, hello, Miss Alexandra is a wealth of information. And you can right. see very wonderful to talk to down to earth. She's not going to judge you, criticize you, nothing like that. She is going to help you if you go to lifewithherpes.com. So reach out. There is so much information. And I think that is a huge part of the stigma and all that is that people don't educate
1: themselves. Exactly. We, we, or we, we let the negativity come in or we maybe we do disclose to someone. Someone in my community was talking about, she disclosed to someone in her family and her family member said, well, no one's ever going to want you now. And so when you disclose to someone that you love and look up to or trust and you get that back you're just it. it's also just this like oh
0: like a knife in the heart yep.
1: a knife in the heart and it's not this oh I did something wrong and so therefore I deserve this it, it, it's not that at all it's right it, or it's it's the assumption oh you're obviously promiscuous or whatever no it has nothing to do, I mean I don't say it has nothing to do with that obviously if you have sex with 100 people you're going to be at a higher risk than if you have sex with one person However, that one person has an 80% chance of having it. Right. And and
0: it's not that, you know, being (laughs) promiscuous, whatever that word is, being that, (laughs) you know, it's it's not that that can't happen, but the reality is it can happen to anyone. And when you think about fever blisters. Do people not get fever blisters? I mean, there are actually people that have never had a fever blister. Like I'm not one of them. So clearly I have herpes too. But like you think everybody gets fever blisters, you know, and we all know it's herpes, but we don't judge it. No. Like we judge genital herpes, which you have now cleared up is one in the same. Hello. It's the same. It's the
1: same thing. And we have so many people that, are now getting it genitally because their partner never disclosed or didn't know their partner needed to disclose. So – and I'm one of them. I have oral herpes. I didn't know I needed to disclose that. I didn't because um, I, I don't have it down there. Ew. Right. Right? Right. Then once I got it down there, it was – and I've been diagnosed with both, and they were both in my 20s. And um, it was two very different situations, getting diagnosed with oral herpes at 20, was very different than genital herpes at 28. Devastating, different, completely different. Yeah. So it's, you know,
0: I, I so appreciate you coming and being forthright with all of this and your honesty and your comfort with it. You know, mm-hmm. that you. this is something to be talked about. Guys, you've you've got to talk about things. Things are hard to talk about. I get it. And if you have my book, Raising Happy Toddlers, which just won a mom's choice award. That's huge. Wonderful. Pl- I know I'm super excited, super excited guys. You should get it at celiasbooks.com. And, um, but like I, even the last chapter is all about talking about things that are hard to talk about. Because once again, if you don't talk about it, if you don't learn about it, if your child asks you a question and you don't know, the answer should be, I don't know, let's no. find out more about it. Not like, huh. How could you ask me that question? Don't ask right. me that question. Oh my gosh. I don't even know what I'm not even talking about. It. Ask your father, whatever. Right. You know, search Or making together. something up,
1: making right. something or up. Or you making know, where the babies up. come right. from. Oh, a butterfly places it in right. mommy's tummy or something. <laughs> the
0: no, vegetable badge. Go outside, pick a squash. Right. You know, right. Exactly. I mean, you want to be age appropriate. You don't want to talk over a kid's head and accept eggs. Ex- You know, expect them to understand and realize too, my friends, that between the ages of six and seven is when a child knows the difference, knows the difference between fantasy and reality. Until then, they don't. That is why if they go to a birthday party and they see a six foot Mickey Mouse, they're like, holy cow, that guy was only a few inches big when I saw him on TV. And they're afraid of it keep that in mind when you're having conversations. Does that mean you don't talk to any child under six or seven? No. And we actually start our conversations early about sex and we don't even realize it because you're talking about their little pee-pee or whatever you named it. And, you know, and going through the whole little names, we give our little private parts and, you know, you're already talking about it. Right. That's the first part of talking about it. So be age appropriate, understand they don't know the difference between fantasy and reality if they're under the age of six. So keep that in mind. And, um, and when you don't know what to say, find out what to say, reach out to Alexandra, Mm -hmm. go to her website, lifewithherpes.com, find out more. Alexandra, I love talking to you. And I could honestly talk to you for like hours and hours, but I'm assuming... As I've said before, these people have something else to do with their lives. So, (laughs) so we're going to bring this wonderful podcast to a close. I'd love to have you on again, but do you have one more tip? I know you've said so much that you can give a person who's listening, who is feeling kind of distraught over this and helpless. And can you give them one piece of advice to help them?
1: you know, I I have two pieces of vice, but two two was even better. So if you, you have herpes, um, don't let this hold you back because it's not a handicap and we, we create it and it's, it's all in our brain. It's all in our mind. We create our own glass ceiling or our own wall or whatever we want to call it because we have herpes i've talked to i talked to a a woman who was in the air force and wanted to she had children wanted to adopt and pulled out of the adoption because she found out she had hsv1 genital and you know and i was like my goodness like if you want to adopt adopt like you're you're doing a, a disservice to this 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 potential child, you know, because we're so fearful. So do not let it hold you back. Use it to push through and and grow and continue to break through and get to the next level of 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 what you need to discover. I love that. And it, it just it it truly holds us back. And we're we're being held back by a microscopic virus that we cannot see and that everybody has. Yeah. So every yeah. So that's number one. If your child comes to you with herpes, we don't want to get upset with our child and say, well, you were having sex or da, 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 da. like talk to your child so that your child can understand and, and, and let your child know that like, you know, this is something that's, that's out there. It's something that is really hard to prevent. And let's see what we can do to move forward, to prevent transmitting it to other people and how we can live life and how I can support you, not just get mad and like, Oh, I'm not going to have the conversation ever again because your child's going to be left feeling really neglected in that situation. Because as as uncomfortable as it might be for you as a parent, it's equally as uncomfortable for your child. And that takes a lot for a child to come, you know, to mom and dad and say, this is what I have.
0: Right. You want to welcome them when they, Mm -hmm. they don't know who else to come to and They come to you. They should come to you. And, and, you know, they're afraid. Mm -hmm. And if you brush it off you leave them with all that fear and being judged and feeling like they're a terrible person. And then, you know what? When you set up expectations like that for your kids, that's what they live up to. You know, if you sit there and you talk to them and you're like, we can overcome anything, this is not at all the end of the world. It's something we need to learn about and you need to, it's gonna be something you, you live with. Just like if you have a bad back or, you know, Right. A broken arm right. or something. Right. Absolutely. Knowledge. Knowledge is power. Don't forget. Yes. Well, Alexandra, thank you so much for being here. I have truly enjoyed our conversation me too. and just tell our friends one more time, the best ways to reach out to you and where they can find yeah. you.
1: So life with herpes is, is my brand is my company. You can find me life with com, YouTube. Instagram Pinterest whatever your whatever your jam is if you also have herpes and you're you want to learn more about it I do have a free ebook it's outbreakremedies.com it's 21 pages it is I've I've put a lot into it so it definitely it's something I wish I had when I was first diagnosed, not the Google that was very disturbing to me at the time. Anyways, I wish I had this when I was first diagnosed. So um, absolutely check it out. And if you do have a teenager that has herpes, I definitely work with teenagers as well and have worked with parents as well. So anyways. Wonderful. Thank you. podcast is also lifewithherpes.com. Yep.
0: So if you you. like listening to podcasts, which I'm assuming you do because you're listening, also listen to lifewithherpes.com. I think you'll find it wonderful, wonderfully enlightening. And if you're happy and you found this valuable, please share it out. Help somebody else that's hesitating or that just simply doesn't know. And share this because even just listening to this short half hour, I think that we've been talking, we've learned so much. So thank you, Alexandra, for being here. I really am grateful that you are
1: on. Thank you so much. I loved being here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
0: You're so welcome. And to all of you listeners, we're very, we're both very grateful for your time. Thank you for joining us. Share this out. And as always, I wish you days filled with peace, love, tons of laughter really is the best medicine. Things are funny. Even herpes sometimes, you know, you yeah. make jokes. They're funny. It's all funny. Life is funny. We are funny. Yes. So find the humor. And I'll see you here next time on the Pumped Up Parenting Podcast. Bye-bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Pumped Up Parenting Podcast. If you're really ready to start creating cooperation in your home, More listening, more joy, less stress, less yelling, less negotiating, a whole lot less aggravation, then reach out to me and let's put a parenting system in place that works for you and your kids. Private and group coaching is available and in six months or less, you will start seeing a much happier home that your children will blossom from instead of have to recover from. Get the manual that I wrote for your parenting journey, Raising Happy Toddlers, How to Build Great Parenting Skills, and Stop Yelling at Your Kids, along with my three children's books, All About Me, I Am Grateful, and Being Different is Fun. Find it all at PumpedUpParenting.com.